0: See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Welcome to Notice Podcast number 544. I'm in the car with Matt Myra right now. Maybe turn the air conditioning off. It's 97 degrees. That's literal 97 degrees. Well, it was 104. I've never heard anyone say figurative 97 degrees. Well, what about the band 98 degrees? Well, they were literal and figurative ninety-eight degrees. Never uh but be another one like. Now you're just talking about the temperature. Yeah. I swear. You know? It is really should. fucking hot in this car. Keep this short because the air conditioning I swear. Sucks. I'm making it longer uh. to choke <laughs> you out. Matt Myra. Oh, I like that touch, that's nice. <laughs> Beads of sweat are pooling on your forehead now. Almost. Wipe it. it off with your Dodger's cap. You got oh, a wait. Red Sox cap in the back seat that's waiting to get filled with your sweat. Forgot about- Don't forget. Yeah, I swear. Oh, God. It's getting hotter in this fucking car. <laughs> All right, now I'm starting to suffer. It's three hours of this so far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, if you want more of this, <laughs> come see us at the Nerdist Podcast Live at San Diego Comic Con. We added a second show. The Will other you. ones are sold out. 7:30 p.m. There are tickets available Saturday, July 26th. Um, that is uh, coming up pretty soon. Coming up pretty soon, I'd like to thank for sponsoring this episode of the World of the, the, the Nerds podcast, World of Tanks Blitz. World of Tanks Blitz. It's a mobile version of the award-winning MMO action game, which, by the way, has 85 million people worldwide. Uh, draws inspiration from the PC version, World of Tanks is built specifically for optimal online mobile gameplay, and it's currently available on iPhone and iPad. Uh, the reviews are great. It's a four and a half out of five stars in the App Store. That's almost the most stars you can get. That's almost the most stars you can get. There's an impressive roster of over 90 massive tanks. Short, action pack, 7 seven-versus-seven tank battles, stunning graphics. Whoa, I can have 14 people battling in tanks? Matt. On a phone? You sure listen good. Uh, if you would like to test it out, go to WOTBlitz.com slash Nerdist. That's W-O-T-B-L-I-T-Z dot com slash Nerdist to try it out. And uh, it's out now. It's already launched. So Uh, what are you waiting for? I mean, until after this podcast. Get it. Um, So you can play it while you're listening. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you really could. Do both. So that's World of Tanks Blitz, available right now. Thanks for sponsoring this episode of Nerdist Podcast, which is uh, Jessica Chobot. Ah, Choby. Chobot. My dear friend uh, from the G4 days. I know you were you were writing you were writing stuff for another TV show uh, (laughs) that I work on. Um, Chobot's promoting Nerdist News, which you should totally watch. Go to Nerdist.com. It's five days a week. She's fantastic. If you miss G4 at all, uh, gives you a nice sliver of that. And um, also, she has a new podcast, which was originally called Spooky Shit, but they just changed the name to Bizarre States because maybe having shit in the title of your podcast is not so great for uh, iTunes and whatnot. So uh, it's called Bizarre States And uh, it's great So here we go uh, Jessica's super cool And um, I also adore her husband uh, Blair Herder Who's a wonderful man Who does make somewhat of a cameo uh, In this oh, podcast So listen for it How'd that happen? Uh, I don't want to know Don't spoil it Alright Just let them listen Here we go The Nerds Podcast Number 544 With Jessica Chobot Air conditioning No don't turn it on Oh, Oh Oh I was such a fool Oh, that's real nice. Uh...
1: Now entering nerdist.com.
0: mommy brain right now
1: i always have mommy brain it's like a never ending it's a curse i never had very good memory to start off with and it is just really taking a dive after the kid
0: okay so you don't have to tilt your head well this chair is a little higher up this one's kind of nice how do we sound katie Great. jessica chobot put this here
1: so that it doesn't rattle on the table it's professionalism.
0: Host of Nerdist News.
1: Let me make sure that I actually have it on silent. Yes.
0: Um, silent but deadly. So you, uh, <laughs> I wasn't going anywhere with it. I just wanted to have a, like a, a, you kind of need, in order to activate a joke sometimes, you need mm-hmm. a, you need a segue that doesn't go anywhere. So I would have to say like, oh, I took a shower today. So what is your, um, <laughs> And then I'm not really, I don't have anywhere to go with that. It's just. A throw out. It's just, yeah. It's basically, you just need it's a little a- chaff at the end. To activate the joke I like in, a, it. in a weird way. How's Blair Herder, first of all? Because your husband is a wonderful man and He's
1: good. He actually just had his birthday on Monday. He did. Yeah. He's yeah. all of the oh, fuck. 30 something?
0: Yeah. He's in there somewhere. He's good. <laughs> you just mouthed, I don't know. You could look your husband Are we up on IMDb. It? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Seriously? He's not gonna listen. Yeah, he will. Oh, shit, shit. Chris, goddamn it, you just got me divorced. Look
0: him up. If he's going to divorce you, because you don't know how I old say he is. Thirty-four. See is thirty-four. I'm going to say thirty-four. Katie Levine's looking it up.
1: But we went to Raging Waters for his birthday. It was actually really awesome. I haven't what been to a water. Actual, f- of
0: course, it's awesome. Well,
1: no, I haven't. Yeah. See, I knew. I nice. just got scared. Um, I have not been to a water park since I lived in Michigan. We used to go to like Wisconsin. Like Noah's Ark and all that crazy stuff. Yeah. So uh, what was that? Wisconsin Dells. It's like a whole city dedicated to water parks. It is the best shit ever.
0: I went to a water park with a bunch of businessmen peeing on me. So you have a new. I'd say that was that. <laughs> I got somewhere. it. Yeah, I got yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I'm learning. Um, what, so I don't really know that. I mean, I, I know. I mean, I knew you from G4, mm-hmm. but not well. Mm-hmm. And I know you had a history with IGN and G4 mm. and all sorts of stuff. But where are you from? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh kind of all over east coast midwest pretty much like buffalo new york basically all the cold places you don't want to live because it's freezing there
0: oh your parents, so parents like, were ice chasers
1: uh well da- dad worked in cars and so that just eventually ended up up in detroit sure. you know, we never went too far from the canadian border so except for one time we ended up moving to virginia of all places but then uh most of it's been like buffalo new york Michigan, Chicago, I went to school in Ohio, um, moved out here, mm-hmm. and that's been it.
0: And how long have you been out here?
1: I've been out here for about seven years.
0: Seven years. Yeah,
1: I think we're going on seven years now. And
0: yeah. so how did you get hooked up with G4? Um,
1: G4 was, it kind of was just like... Out of the blue, random. I had run into Erica at an event once, and she said, "Oh, let's get in contact with me. We're always looking Erica for." Erica Lewis, host. one of Erica the big, Lewis. Yeah, one of them. And I mean, some you know, at that point, G Four had known me from just IGN because mm-hmm. a lot of times they would call for people to be guests on Attack of the Show or, or um, X Play, and so we'd come on, you know like, correspondent IGN person. And uh, so that was a little bit of that. And then uh, I ran into Eric Lewis, and at the same time was dating Blair. And so I started hanging out with everybody at G4 through Blair and became friends with them. And then at the time I was living in San Francisco, Blair lived in L.A. So we were having basically, you know, I guess you'd call it a long-distance relationship. It was not terrible because we'd always run into each other at the same events and we're only, you know, an hour and a half flight away. But, um... You know, eventually we knew we wanted to get married and and all that jazz and make it legal, I guess. And so uh, I actually didn't want to get married. <laughs> I wanted to keep it.
0: See, that's why he might leave you. <laughs> yeah,
1: No, he knows. Okay. But um, And it was the best decision I ever made to get married. So, you know, I started hitting up G4 for more work because I wanted to move back down to L.A. so that we could be together and move in together.
0: That's nice. Get married. Now, I know I told you this story, but just as the listeners don't know, mm-hmm. that I... Technically, feel you—you've kind of owe me your family, because I, it's because of me. Oh
1: yeah, what was that? What was the connection again? Here's the story. Mm-hmm. I enjoy
0: the story because a family emerged from it.
1: How was right. this? I know your you husband told me. and your
0: child. Now, I don't mean to sound like Rumpled Stiltskin, but you owe them to me.
1: Well, <laughs> uh, we're hitting terrible too, so you're more than effing welcome to have him.
0: I'll just take Blair. You keep the baby. Oh. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, the story is that a handful of years ago... What year was it that you and Blair met? Around 08?
1: Something like that, okay. yeah.
0: So I was, I, was, had, I was at Attack of the Show for just about a year, maybe a little less than a year. And then I get this call to um, host a series of events based around
1: the oh, tequila. Oh, yeah! That's right!
0: Where basically the idea was you and a co-host will go around to all these bars and play, and do bar games based on a tequila... Uh, You know, sponsored by, you know, like you'd show up in a bar somewhere in the middle of the country and be like, hey, we're going to play some games here at the bar, which people love to do at bars. They love when all the action is halted and they have to focus on something. Um, Sponsored by whatever it is. I don't remember what the... It was Jose Cuervo. Jose Cuervo. Okay. If I had just thrown out any tequila, it probably would have been that one. But it's been a long time. So I said, uh, my, my response was... I cannot do that because I feel weird about it because I'm a sober person mm-hmm. and so I feel weird working for a liquor company. <laughs> so you <and> volunteer Blair <laughs> going to going to bars. Yeah. So I you know I can't and I can't do it and so um, uh, and then so so Blair ended up doing it mm-hmm. and Blair. Is, that's where Blair met you. Yeah. And you guys started up a thing. Yeah, we, we So that's my baby. It is your baby, No, Um but 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 that's but th- so that's I do have to claim some responsibility. You, it's for you totally
1: guys. true. It's totally true. You were the butterfly that f- that flapped its wings and caused a tornado. I did. It happened over in Michigan, apparently. It was really weird. Uh, when I first met Blair, um so we went on that thing, and uh, I was like, oh, here's a nice guy, and I instantly didn't like him because he was such a nice guy because I automatically suspect people that are too nice sure. straight out the gate. And I'm like, oh, what's your angle? Like, nobody's this nice. This is irritating. And that's just my really sunny outlook on life. Yeah. And, uh, but he was persistent and eventually wore me down. I think it was he ended up... Um,
0: do you hold up a, a boombox outside your bedroom window? Uh, no, well, he kind of coat?
1: he kind of would say things like, oh, is this, this is so inappropriate. But he would say things like, I'm going to fuck you. <laughs> and, I'd be like, and I'd be like, no, you're not. And he's like, yeah, I totally am. I'm like, whatever, dude. You you know, you, not in a million years. Like, you're not that special. And blah, blah, blah. And we'd go back and forth like that all the time. Not in a million
0: years, like a month.
1: Like, it took longer than a month. Okay, right. It took longer than a month. We were actually at the time... Well, he was just blowing his seat in the wind constantly, but I was actually <laughs> dating a guy. And so I didn't want to cheat on this guy. Cause... I never
0: thought to jerk off into the wind. That's such a great <laughs> idea. Just as long as you're faced the right way. You want the tailwind. You, you don't want the, want the Yeah, headlines. you
1: don't want to bounce him back. So he was just Headline. doing his thing. I was totally just in a relationship, but I knew I was on my way out. I didn't know if I wanted to date again, blah, 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 blah. And so then he just kept on like persisting and persisting and persisting. So we... We actually didn't officially start dating until I split up with the other guy.
0: Very respectful.
1: Yeah. but um, And that was like the first time I actually felt like an adult. Like in a relationship, I sat the guy down. I was like, listen, I don't mean to be a dick. I've fallen in love with somebody. I'm sorry it's not you, but I think that this is over. I'd love to stay, you know, acquaintances or friends or just be on a friendly level. But that's the situation. And just so you know, I didn't cheat on you, but I'm going to have to say goodbye. Like, it was so mature. It was so mature. And he literally was like, oh, well, that sucks, but I understand. And it was like, yeah. And we actually still talk. Like, we still – like, I run into him sometimes, and we're still totally cool.
0: Well, I remember when I turned down the job, I said, there's the alcohol thing because I'm sober, but I feel cosmically like there's a greater reason. I feel like (laughs) somehow – alcohol is going to make a baby and not in the typical <laughs> well, I, way. It's going yeah, to be in gonna gonna say, a very circuitous a way. It's a very circuitous way. <laughs> but then ultimately, that's what's, you know, that's what's destined to happen. So I really felt at the time like I was making an important choice. Mm-hmm. So um, The
1: Herder family name lives on due
0: to you. I know, I know. Well, I was tired of standing downwind from Blair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on, guys. That was a good joke.
1: <laughs> yeah, he used to bang tons of girls on that during that event and i would and we would know i, I mean i didn't have problem with it because i wasn't dating him and i wasn't really terribly interested and then finally one day i was just like Poof. you know what fine we are gonna fuck <laughs> 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 and i'm gonna prove to you mister that you made the right decision so yeah so that's where we are now good
0: well congratulations yeah, thanks. Yep. and now uh, one baby later <laughs> yeah So you uh, must be anxious to have, like, four, five, six more, right?
1: Hells no. I actually had a really hard time with having the baby. Combination of just stress and – well, one, just the changes in in general. Like, I just wasn't – I don't want to say I wasn't prepared, but I didn't expect to – Like, I never, everybody's like, oh, baby, and they're rubbing their tummies, and and I never had any of that. I wasn't like, oh, I can't, I I never talked to him that much. I mean, I would occasionally, but not really. And I never, I felt like kind of a disconnect.
0: Yeah. Well, the major change being that a human being shoots out of your pussy. I mean, like, that's probably the biggest. Well, mine did not
1: shoot out of my pussy. Mine was actually torn from me, from my womb, through an incision. No. Yes. And that was terrifying. That is easily the scariest thing I'd ever done. In fact, it got to the point where the, uh, where the anesthesiologist, because you're awake, but the anesthesiologist is like, you cool? And I'm like, no, I'm not fucking cool. Just crank it. And he's like, I'm going to give you a little bit more. You're a little stressed. I'm like, ah
0: does it Does it help?
1: It did. Don't they no. have to lift
0: your organs out and then get to the baby and then put your organs back I in? don't
1: know. I've heard that. So for one, I can't see anything. There's a sheep there. It's probably better. I've been told they don't. You... They actually just move them aside oh, and then pull the way? baby out and okay. then put well, the organs know. back. Yeah. But... I've also had people say, oh, they take him out and put him on a table and take your baby and then put him yeah. back in. And at one point, and I'm hope he's joking, but my doctor who we became friends with was like, I've got my hand on your aorta. I'm like squeezing your heart muscle. Can you feel it? I'm like, no, I can't fucking stop talking to me. And, uh,
0: so Not a good really time awful. for levity. Yeah. Not a good time for yeah. a, like, no, a heart squeezing joke.
1: He's like, what kind of music you want to listen to? I'm like, shut the fuck up. That's what I want to do." to. And, uh, yeah. So I didn't have a good time as far as like the whole lovey dovey mother thing has been really hard. I didn't really start getting hardcore into it. Like until he turned six months. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm serious because up until that point, he's just this blob, this needy blob that, I mean, at one point, no shit, Chris, there was a time, so, you know, to go back to what I was kind of talking about before, G4 goes under, you know, we just bought a house. We spent all our money on a down payment. You know, IGN, I leave. I'm back, you know, now I've just had this baby. I'm feeling fat. I have cankles. Like, everything's awful. I've got this little baby that I don't know how to take care of. I'm feeling really fucked up. Blair just started a new job, so he's never home to help. Not on purpose. He just has to be at work. So it's literally just me and this baby in pain in this house for like months and at one point i remember um, blair had texted me something and i was like in a cranky mood so i texted him something shitty back so then i started getting all these crazy texts in return and at the same time that that was happening no joke because you never know what was going to happen but i started my period and at the same time that that was happening so i'm literally standing at the changing table my baby's on the changing table and he shits into both my hands so the phone's going berserk. My husband's, like, getting mad that I'm, like, not answering him because he thinks I'm mad at him. I've got baby shit in both my hands, and then I'm bleeding all over the floor and down my leg. And I was like, fuck this shit. <laughs> fuck all of this. Fuck y'all. I just put the baby in the crib. I scraped my hands off. And I just <laughs> sat in what? a corner and bled out and cried for, like, hours. And I was like, I hate this. Teach and then the he children turned- well. Yeah. Nobody mm-hmm. tells you this shit, though. Nobody tells you. Everybody's like, "Oh, it's gonna be so wonderful," and it's like
0: <laughs> you weren't expecting shit hands and period feet.
1: No, no, I was not. But now, once he turned six months and he stopped being this like amorphous blob mm-hmm. and started like smiling and laughing and being awesome, it was. It's like really, really cool now. And each month he gets better until he probably turns thirteen, and then it's gonna suck again. Until he turns, hopefully, hopefully it won't be too bad. How are you texting with shit hands? Oh, well, at that point I had given it up. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, no. Because that's the one thing that you always keep in the back of your mind. I don't want to ruin my device. <laughs> no, you don't want to ruin your device. No matter how fucked up your life's going on right then, you're just like, I'm not touching that because I don't want to ruin my device. And of
0: course, Blair's probably thinking like, oh, she's mad, she's not responding. And the, he's, he's, the, the thought is never crossing his mind like her hands are full of poop and she's standing in a pool of blood.
1: Yeah, that, yeah. vaginal blood. Yeah, it's not. none of that probably crossed his mind. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm not in any hurry. Maybe we'll have one more. I don't know, we'll see. I Right now, I just want to enjoy just actually enjoying my
0: kid it's funny you talk about that part of it I'm sure it's not fun to go through but I think it's fun for people who might be suffering from like um like, you know, like uh, uh, depression or, or post- and like, why isn't it this thing that everyone's you know, oh, yeah. supposed to be so? And been realizing, like, no, these are the real, actual human things that people have to go through. Oh, yeah, totally. But some people really do love it. I think Absolutely. Some do love and it, I was so. very,
1: and I'm very, to this day, very jealous of those people. I'm very disappointed that I spent the first six months feeling the way that I did, but there was nothing that I could do. I mean, I went to therapy. I tried to go, I did the postpartum therapy and all of it. And now I'm fine, but. You know the lack of sleep and not the additional stresses that were happening on and going on in our life and all that jazz. It was just like, yeah, this sucks. Like, that's it, plain and simple. I just couldn't couldn't change it up.
0: So how did you guys keep it? How did you keep everything okay? Was it just because well we got it? We have to. You just
1: have to. There's an in, there is I think some sort of instinct that keeps you. From, I mean, obviously, there's in the really bad cases, it, it fails. And so, if you're that miserable, you should definitely check yourself into something or something. But um, there, for me, there was always an instinct to just get through it. Like, I just gotta get through it. I just gotta, you know, like, don't hurt the baby, don't hurt yourself, don't hurt your husband, just <laughs> keep your head down, barrel through this, it's gonna get better. You know, and I'd call my mom or I'd call my grandmother. Or whatever. Or I'd call my therapist and they'd be like, just, it's fine. You just got to get through this, through this a little bit. And it did. It started turning around. A big part of it, oddly enough, and this is not to blow smoke up your ass, is when I started working for Nerdist. Yeah. Because it gave me, a. It, it reminded me that, you know, I love work. I don't, I think I'd go crazy if I wasn't working. And it reminded me that okay, you can always go back to your job just because you're never going to be... I think my knee-jerk reaction is always to be fearful of being that like stay-at-home mom. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just not my you cup of tea. I like to work. And I was feeling really paranoid that maybe because of the way that things have happened with G4 and IGN and now being pregnant and having the baby, like I was going to be forced into that role just because that's how life worked out for me. And uh, so getting on board and actually working and doing other jobs... Finally, after, like, about six months, really set me in the right headspace. I,
0: I do. I remember running into you before we hired you, and you are like, I'll come do whatever. I just got to get out of the fucking yeah. house.
1: I'm like, please, dude, anything. <laughs> I will fucking make your coffee. Just get me out of the goddamn house. I need, like, ten minutes of just being an adult again. Like, my own <laughs> adult again. And, uh, yeah. But, so, things have been really good.
0: Well, you instantly, like... You're such the perfect choice for that show. It's so. I mean, oh, it, I can't imagine it. I can't imagine anyone else doing it because it, it, it's. You know, you had all this experience, and it just you you obviously had a lot of time to develop your voice, but mm-hmm. you obviously came in. You obviously came in funny. Like you. What, what's your what's your what was your background like when before you started doing IGN? What were you doing before?
1: I was actually uh, why. I was actually working as a real estate secretary and also then quit that in a fit of quarter, what I called my quarter life crisis. Mm-hmm. And then started, was a key holder at EB games. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I did. I mean, I graduated with a fine arts degree, which gets you jack and shit in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I was going to go to school again while I was working as a secretary uh, for a art education degree for secondary courses for that basically means like high school and up or middle school and up. And, uh, so I was back in college. I had gotten married, so I'd been married before. Blair's not my first husband. Does he know this? He does. He does. And, uh, hated, just didn't like being married. And, you know, I got married too young. I think it was that my parents actually have a great marriage. I've seen that growing up. They still love each other. They're, it's their first marriage. That's It's awesome. And I think that, you know, that and the white picket fence and that American dream and told as long as you keep going to school and getting good grades, there's going to be a job for you. And but by the time I got to that point, one, I chose not the wrong path, but a hard path to monetize in, an, in a real world scenario. And as far as fine art. And uh, then on top of it, you know, I think i Probably rushed into a marriage because I felt like that's what you're supposed to do. Once mm-hmm. you graduate college, you get married. And I really did love the guy, but, you know, it just was too young to be married. I would think I was like 25, 26, which I, I at the time felt and still feel was too young for me. So um, so then, yeah, I kind of said, fuck it to all of that. Quit school. Got um, Well, I hadn't gotten a divorce yet, but I basically had moved down to our finished basement. We kind of lived two separate lifestyles. Got a job at AB Games, um, found out about E3 that year, made fake business cards and a fake pay stub and snuck into E3. Go and get then it. ran into G4 and ran into IGN and kind of forced IGN to give me a job. And IGN offered and said, Well, do you want to move? We need you to move out to California. I'm like, Yeah, sounds good. They're like, But you're married. I'm like, Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> and and so I told my husband at the time, I'm like, Listen, at this point, the good thing was, It was a amicable divorce, you know, both sides. I think both of us were like, this isn't working. So I just told him, I'm like, listen, if you want to stay married, you know, if you force me to stay here, it's not going to work out. It's just not. If you give me the chance to leave, we'll see how we are in like four months if I miss you or not. And then I'll either move you out there because Michigan didn't have anything for him or we'll split. And so that's what we did. And four months in, I was just like, no, this is not, I don't miss you. I'm sorry. You know, like you're a great guy, but I don't miss you. And I think we should get a divorce. And we did. And that was it. I I just said, keep all your stuff. I'll just keep what I have out here. We won't, we don't have, we didn't have kids, so it wasn't messy. So it was a nice, even just split. And that was it.
0: How long were you married?
1: I was married for about two and a half years, but we were, had been together for probably about four or five, including the two years that we were together. Oh, okay. Two years that we were married. Okay. Yeah. So it was a decent relationship. Yeah. Length of time, I guess. So it wasn't like a rush job or
0: anything. Well, how long were you guys living separately, basically?
1: Um, just the four months when I had moved out. No, I mean like
0: when you were living in the basement. Oh,
1: no, we were, uh, we, oh, for that, probably like the last year.
0: Or a year and a half. So by that point, it was like... It's, pretty,
1: it's a pretty fuzzy... <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've mentally forgotten. No, oh, it'll come out yeah. later somehow. But no, probably like a year and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So
0: are you... And were you playing video games this entire time?
1: Oh, yeah. I've been playing video games since Atari 2600 days. So I went through a phase. I went through hardcore, like growing up, kid, play Atari, NES, SNES. Um, the big reason I think that I got so into it was my dad traveled a lot for work and so I when he would come home he would play video games with us and it was like a big deal not just cuz dad's hanging out with us which who we very rarely got because he was always gone but also dad's hanging out with us doing things that we thought were cool not mm-hmm. just what the adults thought were cool he thought that what we were doing was awesome so that made it extra special so then i got really kind of involved in games that way and uh definitely had friends because they had segas or nes's and that was the only reason they were my friends so i'm like let's go play on you know like, like, i think i remember chivalry on a macintosh that my friend had and i was like we don't play chivalry she's like now i'm gonna play barbies I'm like, oh, fine let's play barbies for like 10 minutes and then can we play chivalry you know, like <laughs> she'd be like my brother plays it all the time I'm like god i wish your brother was my friend and um so that was kind of what we did there, and then when I hit um, high school, mid, mid mid high school to about early college, I kind of stopped playing games. Um, it just fell off the map, you know. I have no reason why. I turned goth. That was oh, part of the reason.
0: I saw the picture. Oh yeah, the picture was great.
1: Oh, that's not even half of it.
0: I feel like we should put one of those pictures up on the po- on this post. Would you? Would yeah, you be willing to do it. that? Okay. Yeah, I'll send it. Yeah. That'd be fun.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, there's only that one in existence because my mom threatened to keep them all, and I found the stash and tore them all up, so she couldn't use it as blackmail, but I did keep one for posterity, and that's the one. Oh, so, goth
0: pictures. The yeah. blackest blackmail.
1: Oh, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. Ah. It is exactly that. And uh, But now I'm like, whatever. It was awesome. Um so then I kind of got all goth and weird, and well I did get into Vampire the Masquerade LARPing, mm-hmm. and uh, a little bit of the tabletop, but most of the live action. And then um, that, then the how I got back into games was with Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. I went home for Christmas, and my brother had an N sixty four, and he had gotten Legend of Zelda for Christmas, yeah. and so I just pretty much commandeered that and played it the entire christmas break to the point where i got in some serious trouble by my parents
0: because uh, i was not out?
1: yeah i was not doing the fam jam yeah, so but didn't
0: they know what you, the, the game you were playing was really fun
1: no and i kept trying my dad was a little bit more sympathetic because my dad actually does play video games and so my dad was you know he in between my bouts of ocarina he'd be like want to play some golden eye your mom's not here and i'm like <laughs> yeah dad let's get on it and so uh, – and then the Star uh, Star Wars game, but I can't remember which one. Ha! Pa- yeah. I think that's the one. So he would play that, and then we would fight over Ocarina and Star Wars because he wanted to get on the Star Wars. And then the uh, bridge of that gap would be Goldeneye. And uh, – so he was more sympathetic but my mom was absolutely pissed and my grandmother was very hurt, very. <laughs> I'm sure very you heard all hurt. about it. Yes, I heard plenty about it. <laughs> and then from there though that kind of kickstarted my obsession with gaming again and and that was kind of where I started getting really really into it all, all over again. The best the best actually. So my first husband, don't ever do this to your girlfriends or wives guys because this is bad news. My first husband had said to me what do you want for valentine's day and i'm like i don't know blah 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 blah. i'm like what do you want he's like well i was right, i'll be honest if you got me this golf club which was like this really expensive golf club he's like i wouldn't be upset and i'm like all right i'll get you that golf club if you get me a playstation and he's like okay deal and i'm like because you know at that point there's not really surprises you're married whatsoever you want to get what you want to get so i'm like okay sweet well i get the golf club i give it to him he's like thank you so much Michael. i got he gives me a bag of Godiva chocolates and a white teddy from Victoria's Secrets. Well, I'm like, you this is bullshit! Maybe and that's... I made him take it back.
0: This is you should have just left him right there.
1: I know. Well, that was the first like major major red, to red flag. To be
0: fair, maybe in his mind, uh a white teddy was his definition of a PlayStation.
1: Well, if for him, yeah, but for <laughs> me, no. And I so I was super super pissed. I made him take it back and we got my PlayStation that day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he didn't even listen to you.
1: So angry. Well, <laughs> yeah, he didn't, which was that's was kind of the ongoing theme. So, yeah. That well, that's He's Husbands, no longer.
0: Get your wife a PlayStation.
1: If she asks if for she's a PlayStation, going to
0: leave you. Yes. Don't she, That's so fucked up. You gave him a present for him and he gave you a present for him.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, there's that's, a reason why there was a divorce. That's bullshit.
0: Listen to your significant others. <laughs> don't be don't be a creepy stalker, but take notes. Take mental notes. Oh yeah. What what do they do during the day? What types of things are they interested in?
1: If they blatantly say they want an Xbox One or a PS4, maybe that's your hint. That's that another you clue. Should get an that's Xbox another clue PS4. that might
0: hold the key to something that they would enjoy. That
1: tight vagina that hasn't been ruined by popping out a kid yet. <laughs>
0: That's what happens. If you get the PlayStation, you'll get more of that. More so of that. Even if it's a selfish reason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you get an Xbox One and a PS4, maybe you'll get anal. Who's wait, to wait, say? What, wait, what? Who's to say? What?
0: <laughs> PS4 Play. Come on. <laughs> Sorry, I had to hop top. Nice. Cut. Is that a thing? Oh, yeah, I yeah, did yeah, it the wrong that. way. PS4 Play. So you once <laughs> told me that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what my, I don't even know what my opinions are on anal. Like it's just it's more of a funny punchline than actual thing that I've ever really sat down and been like, oh yeah, that. Mm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> mentioned in (laughs) passing
1: that being said i just want to clear the air i have not done anal and this is why because the guy that finally sticks it in your butt will always know that he was that guy that stuck it in your butt but i feel like i feel like that is not i don't want that guy
0: someone i mean like it's okay to give that guy the distinction i don't
1: think so i don't think so Blair, Blair, I know you're listening to this. So- I know
0: right now, your fingers he's are right crossed. Now
1: he's like, come on. Come on,
0: please. I'll get her a PlayStation. I'll get her all the PlayStations. <laughs>
1: You got me the vagina, Chris. Give me the butt. (laughs)
0: That'd be a weird text to get from Blair all of a sudden. (laughs) Hey, bro, you got me the vagina. Give me the butt.
1: Guess what? I'm going to tell him to text you in about a year. I'm going to wait till you forget. I'm going to wait till you forget. And then I'm just going to be like, hey, remember that time? Put it in your calendar right now, honey.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that's really funny oh my gosh
1: yeah I just I don't know it just seems like it's like an ego thing I can't I can't let somebody know that they had that one up on me right here's the deal you want to stick it in my butt fine but then I get to put on a strap on and stick it up in your butt okay
0: that's that's a fair trade (laughs) I feel
1: like that's a fair trade but
0: then if the guy comes too hard then you're (laughs) like oh (laughs) we should have a discussion
1: well, at that point, I'm like, listen, if this is what gets you off me sticking it up your butt, then that's cool. Like, if that's what you want, fine. I don't care.
0: Bla- Blair, just, it's just,
1: I'm not gonna Blair just put
0: his hand to his head and he's like, God damn it. How much do I want? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he'd be like, finally.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know Blair that well. I don't know Blair that well. Apparently,
1: it- I don't either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what, once, you, once you've had a kid, what happens to, I mean, obviously, obviously, I, I, sex evolves, I would mm-hmm. assume. Well, you don't have to talk about. Any I don't of know this. if it
1: evolves. I don't care. Oh, okay. I mean, everybody has sex.
0: No, I know, but I mean, is it the lucky
1: ones? Well, I, I mean, just... I can think of a couple of people that I know that probably aren't getting any, but.
0: But it, but I just mean in terms of like you know when you're when your energy's been tapped all day with work and then your energy's been tapped with baby time. Yeah. How are you? Like, I can't wait to.
1: That's probably that's probably my biggest struggle is just exhaustion. It's not that I don't find my husband attractive i think my husband is incredibly hot he's you very know handsome. he's super handsome he's super handsome he's super funny He's super alluring like there's there's none of that is faded i'm just fucking exhausted yeah and i'm at the stage with the baby now where the baby's like separation anxiety so even if blair can handle the job like change the diaper or get him dressed or whatever the kid's throwing such a fit because he wants mommy 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 yeah you know that i i can't get the help even if i i want it it's just he's emerson's just demanding my time what
0: happens can parent i don't even know is it weird do parents have sex like with the baby in a crib in the corner of the room or is that just well weird?
1: he's the one thing we never did is we never let him sleep in the bed with us, we right. never co-slept, so he's always been in his crib in his own room. So and we that was just, by design. So he that doesn't, was absolutely just, by design. So he doesn't
0: think like, "Oh, I should go in the bed whenever."
1: Yeah, and so there was that was a line that I was not going to have crossed. And so, uh, so yeah, we went through a really hard phase of sleep training him, but now he's good. And so we shut the door, and I do my Tomodachi life on my DS, and Blair reads a couple comics, and then we bang it out, <laughs> <laughs> and then we go to bed. <laughs> and then we started again the next day. <laughs>
0: it's a couple comics. <laughs> All right, let's do this. <laughs> We're gonna do this. Good night.
1: But it has I mean it tomorrow. has it has taken a hit, <laughs> but I think it's on the upswing. Good because now we are getting full nights sleep, so we're not as exhausted, and we have a full time babysitter because we both work. So even though it's work and you're still doing stuff, you're with adults. You're not with this irrational child, so you're not as like banging your head against that wall.
0: Sure. So
1: uh, a lot of that stress is gone, and so yeah, it's just it's it's changing. It's getting yeah.
0: better. Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just uh, not really knowing. I mean, like people, you know, because there's some people that are just like, we got to have a kid every other year. 'll you know, get to two or three and then we're done, and then yeah, and then and then we're done, but do you feel like one is your do you feel like one and done
1: um i i don't feel one and done, I feel one and maybe
0: mm-hmm. i
1: don't feel i'm not completely sold on not having another i'm not completely sold on on um having only Emerson. I'd like to have a little girl, if nothing because of the adorable clothes you can stick them in. It's like having a pet. Um, <laughs> they can't stop you. They You're they can It's like, you, you want frills? You're getting frills. No! <laughs> but um. But I've also really seriously considered adoption. I did not like being pregnant, and I had a really hard time with that first six months, so I don't want to risk losing that time with my baby again. Mm-hmm. And I feel the thing that kind of also gave me the idea of adopting is that when we went home home to blair's parents house in louisiana we went out to eat there was this couple behind us with like really three really adorable kids like super well behaved super cute super like the family just loved each other you can tell and uh we start blair who can make friends with the wall started talking to them and they let it be known to us that they were foster kids that that those were their foster kids they were the foster Parents and I just thought, oh God, like these three kids. Like I hope that they're. I don't really know if this is correct or not, but I think foster just means you're fostering them until somebody else adopts you could them. You could've just
0: taken one right there, I think. Is that how
1: that works? I, I don't know, but do I just claim thinking, like, one, claimed and then- <laughs> dibs. Oh, um,
0: oh, you called it.
1: <laughs> but what if? Th- but I thought, like seriously, I thought, like what if that's not the case? Like what if they do get split up? That's going to be heartbreaking. And like what if one of these kids, who's so happy now, ends up going to a shitty home? And then I thought, oh well, there's so many kids that. Oh my God, I think I might cry. There's so.
0: <laughs> uh...
1: Ooh, I've got I still got mommy uh
0: that's Stop. so sweet
1: No Chris This is awful A second ago
0: You, were t- you had no. shit in your hands and period stuff Oh no, my god and You're making dick jokes And now you're talking about I digits. can.
1: I mean it's bipolar All over the place this, but, is, um, this
0: is This is the This is the wonderful package That is Jessica choke Yeah Dick jokes one minute Crying for foster children The <laughs> crying next Crying
1: for foster kids The next But yeah. I, I did I was like Oh that really sucks So maybe we'll adopt
0: Oh god mm-hmm. You know what you did You just gave this podcast A soul <laughs> A second ago We were <laughs> well, discussing Well you want me to take
1: it away Because I can Billy? tell you about the awful, awful fight I got within my neighbor yesterday.
0: Yes, tell me about your neighbor fight. right.
1: so we live right next to a park and so one of my big problems, I still go to my therapist, not because of the depression, but because of um, (laughs) anxiety now, in regards to mommy bear. I'm super mommy bear, like Kill Bill, mommy bear style. And, uh, we have this park that we live by that they've been renovating because the grass got torn up, blah, 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 blah. So they have it all cordoned off with this fence. Well, the local kids, I mean, it's been the fence has been up for like six months. All the grass is back. So everybody's wanting to get in and some of the local kids like tore down some of the fence and people go in and use it. So we were hanging out there and I'm like, you know what? I just want my kid to roam free. I'm going to bring him over there. I'm going to let him run across the field. I'm not going to worry about having him run into the street. Like this is good. I can just like kind of relax because I'm always worried he's going to hurt himself. So I put him in there. It's Blair and myself and Blair's brother. And uh, this guy comes over to us and he's like, you guys can't be in here. And I instantly was like, and who the fuck are you? Whoa. (laughs) And he goes, I'm part of the neighborhood watch. And I'm like, sweet. Well, you can watch me enjoy my neighborhood because I live right fucking there. And I'm going to use this goddamn park. And we got into it. I'm like, yo, why don't you call the cops? I went crazy. I went crazy. Blair's like, babe, come on. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm
0: not going so to let my kid move free. why, are you, not, <laughs> why are you not supposed to be in the park?
1: I don't know. So when we first moved there, the park had been torn up because a lot of people were playing soccer there, like illegal I guess, quote-unquote, illegal organized soccer matches. Oh, yeah. It's very illegal (laughs) here in this country. (laughs) Well, they were using the cleats. (laughs) Oh. So they were tearing up all the grass. So everybody else, all the neighbors. Organized soccer? Yeah, you can't. Yeah. Mm. All the neighbors were really pissed because nobody could. I mean, it's a huge section that nobody could play in. But you guys were not
0: playing soccer at the time.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. And uh, so I guess the city, people complained enough that the city came in, they put up the fence, and they uh, resodded everything and put in a couple whatever, like made it nice, you know, and all the grass is now grown back and they just haven't torn down the fence yet. And so, so I don't know why that is. We're still not allowed in there unless they're hiding bodies or something. But I checked. I didn't see any.
0: Okay. So, except for the person, that guy that you murdered. Except for the
1: one <laughs> that I threatened life and said. So,
0: how did this shake out?
1: Uh, eventually became Blair dragging me back to the house while I screamed, fuck you old man. I'm, <laughs> I'm-, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want uh, and him calling me a bitch. <laughs> to which I said, shut the fuck up. I know where you live.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just knowing Blair. Uh, yeah. He babe, was, come on.
1: Come on. That's exactly what he said. Please. That's exactly the face he made. Babe, come on, babe. <laughs> come, come on, on babe.
0: This we is, don't. It doesn't have to. This is ridiculous. I mean, come on.
1: And in hindsight, yes, I was a complete ass master. But, but man, it means for a good story, and I felt really good yelling at him. (laughs) Really, really good.
0: (laughs) So what is your day like when you, like, how do you build, when you do Nerdist News now that you're doing it Mm -hmm. every day? Like, what what does your day consist of? Since I haven't, I'm not actually there watching you.
1: Um, Because that'd be weird. Well, so I like to text Mike Shaw on my way in. Mike, who's the, I guess, executive producer of the show. He was that the I producer on Attack
0: of the Show? Yeah. I
1: like name. to text him on the way in saying I'm not coming in just to fuck with him. Mm-hmm. And then he panics for like three seconds. And then I go, ha, ha, ha. I'm on my way in. Do you guys mm-hmm. want coffee? And then I get there and, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of like get ready with makeup and the hair and all that jazz. The writers kind of piece down the stories. Um, then we all go over it in the prompter and shoot it it's really quick actually and uh that's it and then we and yeah toss some improv lines in there and and we're good to go how was
0: your
1: e3 e3 was fun in fact i want to cover i've been pushing to cover more game stuff i mean because of the games background that i have it's like my big passion um so hey chris can we cover more game stuff uh but let (laughs) me check
0: with my boss oh that's me sure
1: um but i it was really nice you know it was cool to be able to uh see more of e3 for a change like before i'd always get assigned e3 events from g4 yeah. i think last year i covered it for microsoft so i only got to really see and cover microsoft stuff um so i hadn't gone and enjoyed an e3 in a long time and even though i was kind of locked into our booth for A good chunk of the day, I got to go to all the press conference. I got, you know, what really boils down to, I got to have an opinion on things. Whereas before, I used to just be able to read the script. Yeah. Or at G four. At G four and IGN, because you're just
0: making announcements, basically. Yeah,
1: I was just, I was just kind of regurgitating information, um, both for IGN and G four. They were both kind of set up like that for me. And so this is, and not only just for the E three coverage, but most of the coverage that I do for Nerdist now, including Nerdist News and anything else I've been doing, which is the podcast we're launching on Thursday. Yeah. Um Spooky shit, y'all. Um, is that well, almost all the time the comments I hear is, Whoa, I had no idea Jessica was this nice or funny or sarcastic or mean or whatever. But it's like I'm happy to do like for any of those comments because it's nice that people actually are noticing. Well, oh, she's just not a talk she's not just a talking Well head. it's important
0: that you I mean like you know, my problem with, with G four was oh I mean and I absolutely <laughs> adored working there for the yeah. four years that I was there. It was Love the group. I love the channel. I love the spirit of it. Um, obviously, there were things that kept it from being the thing that it should be. There yeah. Were, there were bigger issues. It's very expensive to run a channel. Very. That's, you know, G4 never really made money because it's so expensive to run a channel. That's why Cops and Cheaters is on all the time. People always took that yeah. personally. Like, really rude, Cops and Cheaters. Like, so that they can make Attack of the Show. Yeah. And they don't get many shots throughout the year for original programming just because of budget reasons. And so that's why the original programming was so scant. Yeah, but um, but the thing about the thing about Attack of the Show because when I left, I went and um, the pilot that I initially did for Comedy Central was not at midnight. It, I pitched them a version of Attack of the Show where um, it was comedy was first and then information was second, and Attack was essentially CNN for the Geek Squad. So it was a, mm-hmm. it was it was information first and then and then comedy stuff. The spirit of it was really fun, mm-hmm. but ultimately it was a news program, and X Play was a news program, and so. Mm-hmm the comedy stuff couldn't get in the way of servicing (coughs) the delivery of information, but I always kind of wanted that to flip and it's like, no, it's a comedy show, but this is the, but this is, this is your source material. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, those approaches are philosophically slightly different. So that was always my thing with the show is that comedy stuff would get cut because they had to service (laughs) the information first.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think anything, I think the media has changed not only just because of the Internet, but just specifically games media, too, has just changed where things like G4, things like Spike with uh, game trailers, even even the websites like IGN and stuff have really had to adjust the way that they approach coverage um, because... it it does cost a lot to try and support a channel on just one subject matter, basically. But then also from, like, the dot-com perspective, you know, all of these developers and publishers are realizing that they don't need to have the media to really... release their own videos or, you know, they don't need to have the media to release exclusives. They don't need to have those reviews per se. They can reach their audience directly through social media, you know, everything, you know, GoPros, whatever people, there's enough of all that out there now that they can create their own content. And they probably could have done that with the last generation of consoles for whatever reason they didn't. But now they've caught on with this generation, and so I think everybody's having to make a change. And I think the thing that's going to really keep Nerdist apart from the others is personality.
0: Well, there's no, there's no question. You know, when I, I when I, um, and I, I, I said this so many times, but the, the but the original MT, the MTV model was great when I worked mm-hmm. there. Where there was basically just this like Justice League of personalities, and everyone kind of had their own thing, and that's. Yeah. That's why you watched, you you, because you couldn't, you didn't really care about seeing the same music videos over and over. I still
1: remember some of those names: Tabitha Soren,
0: Tabitha Soren did news was one. She was Um, was news with Kurt Loder.
1: Kurt Loder.
0: When I was there was uh, Bill Bellamy, Kennedy. um,
1: I remember Bill Bellamy. Yeah.
0: um, uh, Me. Who else was downtown?
1: Julie Brown. I remember she
0: was there before me. Down, there was there was downtown Julie there was Wubba 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 Julie Brown and then there was redheaded Julie Brown I
1: remember redheaded Julie Brown
0: so downtown Julie Brown was was uh, the, was British and yeah
1: I remember yeah. her too mm-hmm.
0: I almost reflexively said African American African British or as they would say in England she's black Um <laughs> <laughs> actually more offensive when americans try to be pc in england like look at all these african americans are like oh we're not fucking americans all right um, actually get, it's actually more offensive you're, to people who like, are not American. um but uh but it, the this idea of personality driving and and i think we're starting to have conversations more about now that we know how to do this daily show with Nerdist News. how do we make it more editorial and how do we make it more about your personality and your opinions as opposed to because News is essentially, it's almost disposable in a weird way because you can get, there's so many different places you can just get facts about things. Uh, And you guys have done such a great job of making about personality. So, you know, are you interested in doing and exploring more of that and being more of you and having more of an editorial take on stuff?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, you know, I think um, for one, Nerdist News, I'd like to see it keep going. I'd like to try and expand it more. I'd like to have. like quick hit little bite sized nuggets of information. Where like if we have breaking news, maybe we do like a quickie little like breaking news. That necessarily isn't held for Nerdist. It's Nerdist news. It's like its own little independent offshoot. Sure. Kind of like, kind of like MTV when they had the MTV news updates yeah. or whatever they call. I can't remember the, the official name, but you know they'd pop on mid mid uh, show and give you the breaking news for whatever it was. They didn't necessarily wait till. Till the next day. I have so always, I think things like that would be really cool.
0: I have always had this dream and felt that Nerdist News should also have um, a foot on a television platform. And and I know that you know, I mean, it, it just because of the audience and everything. It's like, oh, maybe we should just be all digital. But I really just feel like it shouldn't be one or the other. But I feel like there should be. a Like I keep wanting to go to CNN and say, yeah. Or someone, and just say like, "Give us an hour," you know, like "Give us an hour a week," or "Give us a half hour a day" to cover this, you know, because we can do it, and you can do it, and we have all these, you know. Now that we're starting to expand the group with Malik Forte and Dan Casey and Mm -hmm. Brian Walton and and Kyle Hill and uh, you know that um, and and Bowser Andrew Bowser that that just like having this team cover this stuff in the voice and the way that we cover it, it it really feels like. That it there should be a TV version of it, and so I'm really trying hard to figure out who the right place is.
1: Well, I certainly hope you find it because that means. <laughs> well, I have a couple. That means ideas. a couple of things for me, but um, yeah, you know what, the demographic is definitely. You know what I love most is actually, and this is gonna sound like oh, but I really love the viewership, and I mean that sincerely because if you look, when I was at IGN, we'd have. Uh, you know, in the comments section for our YouTube comments or whatever, or even our IGN comment page, um, was just like boobs, you know, and oh, like did you say boobs, boobs, oh, yeah. Yeah, boobs, yeah, and just you know a lot of like immature stuff, which, it, um, you just learn to to kind of let it go roll off your back, and you've come to accept it, and just so that's the way the internet is. But I, I actually feel like we get legit feedback. From commenters on Nerdist News. Well, and, and and like a lot of back and forth, and like real support, and it's weird they like police themselves if somebody starts getting a little ridiculous on there and getting like super racist or super sexist or super or just nasty in general. Like people check them.
0: Well, that's how you know that there's like a real quality to a show is that when people care about it that much to sort of f- to to you know foster it like a child you saw at a restaurant. <laughs> yes, exactly. Don't cry. Ooh. Don't cry. Um, <laughs> yeah! But uh, uh, that that there's something there's something really special about it, and I, the, the, I filled in for you once, which was hilarious because I you know I did it and it went up and like one of the first comments was like who the fuck is this guy and that tickled me oh. so much I was I laughed so hard at that <laughs> because because what it meant to me was that <laughs> you guys had created this thing that was you know because I always get confused with Nerdist the the I mean, I, it's a weird, it's like, I, it is my Twitter handle. It's my Instagram. I am that, but it's bigger than me. I mm-hmm. always wanted it to be bigger than me. And it was like one of the, one of those things. It was like, it's bigger than me. Yeah. Cause this guy does, he just thinks I'm some fucking idiot. <laughs> you know, like the guy from talking dead. Came over to <laughs> News. What's and this guy was, doing here? Yeah. And I was so, and actually I was really, I almost thanked the guy. He would have no idea why. <laughs> and I wouldn't have been sarcastic about it. But um, you know, like just watching stuff kind of take on a life of their own, and you know, but it's so important to keep infusing personality and gr- and growing it, and making it your mm-hmm. voice, and, and 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 so I just feel like there's 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 still real value in television. I think with G four, it was in such a it was buried in such a deep channel package mm-hmm. that the audience who would watch G four is, is not gonna you know is not gonna pay extra to also get the golf channel or yeah. whatever else came with it. And so it, it, just, um, it, it just had bad placement. It, just, it was slightly inaccessible for the audience that it was going for. Yeah. And yeah,
1: a little bit, yeah. So
0: that's why I think putting it on some sort of mainstream television platform but then still creating the digital content as bites or separately or exclusives or whatever. But I really want to see you guys. I really, 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 really want to get that on television somewhere.
1: I really want you to. Too. I know. I'm sure you get do. on it. I'm trying.
0: <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. But it, it you know, it's just it really just takes the right television outlet. I'm going to say a brave and forward-thinking television outlet to look around and go, you know, because a lot of these, a lot of these grown-up news shows just cover things the way they cover them. Yeah. And so. You know, I'm always fascinated because they always go like, "Oh, we don't have 18 to 34. We don't have the 18 to 30 year old demographic." Like, yeah, because you have older people talking about these things yeah. in a way that their parents talk about them. Like, it's like they approach it from a very us and them type of thing, and it it needs to be approached from a we. This is our us, not yeah. us and them, us and us.
1: It's this weird. I I've noticed it's this weird where they want to where they want to touch upon the subject matter, but they they just don't know how to speak about it for whatever reason that they're just not into it they're just the the age difference is too much whatever the case may be i mean did you see the peter molyneux tweet of um i can't remember what news outlet it was but still like nintendo releases the playstation 4 or something crazy from this past e3 where it was completely the wrong information in the headline and uh that just goes to prove like they're trying to go for it but they don't really know where they're going with it and yet I think they kind of dismiss it as well. It's it's this odd.
0: It's ridiculous that he didn't know that he yeah. had to release the Sega Dreamcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> like dumb.
1: was what that dumb? what it, was that what it was? No, I just uh, it was something thing. like. Yeah, I think it was something like Nintendo releases the PlayStation 4. It has new PS4 games. And I'm like,
0: what? And who is he Who is he sending that to? It, like, was
1: on, it was like in a newspaper. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so Molyneux saw it and tweeted it out and was like, and this is the problem with general media covering
0: events like this. That's and why. It
1: is. That's why they should hit us up because we actually know what we're talking we about. We have the production
0: experience. We have the know-how. We know what we're fucking talking about. Come on, television. And it's not a
1: kid's like this is not a kid's necessarily hobby anymore. When you're selling game consoles at like six hundred bucks a pop and games at sixty bucks a piece, you know, or AAA titles, however you want to, because you got your indies and they're a little cheaper. But you get my point. Um, that's not that's not just a child's hobby. Well, it's
0: not, and not only that, but I think I think you know. The inherent value of, just like you said, with your dad, that's how you guys bonded. That's Totally. That's how Chloe and her dad bonded.
1: Yeah. Playing. But you always hear the shit stories about, oh, kids are shooting up because they play too much Call of Duty. Well, what about the father and daughter relationship that grew?
0: It all boils down to, uh, you know, your responsibility as a parent. Totally. And video games can be amazing if you're, if you're a responsible parent, if you're engaged, if you're not a responsible parent – Video games are not the thing that fucked your kid up. Something was going to get that kid yep. sooner or later.
1: That's whether I What was
0: backward masking on record albums <laughs> or or devil worship
1: Elvis dancing in front of the t- television? Like it's just I'll never be the person that says and I and I stick with this. I will stick with this till the day that I die. There is no excuse. For parents to complain about games giving their children bad ideas to go do awful things because there are parental controls on the consoles. There are parental controls built into your TVs now. There are warning labels on all of your games. You have to have a license to even purchase them. Yes, probably your children, if they really wanted to go out there and get it, will find it, but if they're trying that hard to get on something you've told them no to multiple times, and you have no idea what the hell is going on, then that lies in your lap. Well, I also Nobody f- else. I also is. feel
0: like, you know, things, things, like games, things are inherently neutral. They don't have any value except for the value that people place on them. So, if someone has the right value system going into something, they're not going to interpret that thing as this is what I should go. You know, like they're just they need the they need the right value system in place <clears throat> in order to process those yeah. things. Because my um, um, my parents let me watch all kinds of stuff when I was a kid, and all sort of you know, like the, you know my the reason I became obsessed with stand up is because I didn't have any. My my parents didn't censor. I mean, like I couldn't watch porn. Yeah, but um, uh, uh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> although my dad did let me watch a, a nudie movie when I was in like. 14 years old but anyway um, he's dead now so you can't get mad at him but, uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well you can't get mad it's not going to do anything yeah nothing's going to um, happen but uh, but just the idea that you know if you have if you have if you have good values going into something it doesn't mean that you're going to take it in a, you know you're probably going to take it in a better direction yeah. than if you didn't um, but, you know, I'm fucking I'm well, talking to the side of my face because I don't have kids, so I don't know. How
1: just to play devil's advocate, I've only had one time where I've played a game that I walked out and was like, the first thing I saw were targets. And that would be Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> 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 and I had been playing, it wasn't, it was Grand Theft Auto 4, the one, the one Nico Bellic, that was 4, right? And uh, I was in San Francisco, and for whatever reason, it just really just all perfectly aligned itself. And I walked out after playing like a huge amount of it at what out of my apartment and looked around and was like, I literally saw targets like, Oh, if I did this, this would happen. And, and that's was, when you went on. the And kill that's story. when I was like, Whoa. now I can kind of see the angle of that argument, but still, you have the mor- the morals in, in check because you were raised properly. That's what stopped me from going and getting. Well, time, and also was- the fact that I'm 30-something years old and I can play a game like that and know the difference between right and wrong.
0: I was shooting portal holes and things, you know, for a long time.
1: <laughs> it's just, you know, you just start thinking about that.
0: You start thinking in portals. Yeah. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. So what were you excited to see coming out of E3?
1: Oh, the Order. What is it? The Order 1886. I really, I'm loving this like early 1900s vibe that everybody seems to be picking up on. And I love the fact,
0: Vital and maybe shock. I'm going to
1: get this wrong, but when I first saw the trailer, I was like, God damn it, zombies, a fucking Ken. And <laughs> then he morphed
0: into a werewolf and I was like, whoa!
1: that's exactly what the sound i made actually by the way and i probably blew everybody's ears out with that one sorry katie
0: (laughs) i love i mean just in terms of that that early 1900s aesthetic like i I, i'm so bummed that i've finished all the bioshock games because it's just it's it's, so good it's a world i just want to go hang around in
1: come join me in the order it's like a league of extraordinary gentlemen video game that's what it looks like. I haven't gotten Honor any hands on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know,
1: I actually like kind of like the movie. Come on, you guys.
0: Doctor Jekyll, I present- Do you really? Do you
1: really, really though?
0: Yeah, <sighs> a little bit. To cap off Sean Connery's career. <laughs> Sean is not why I was <laughs> watching. Should have been great. Could have been great.
1: I really liked what's his name. Um, that used to be Charlie's Thrones uh, boyfriend, husband. They never actually got married, but they were dating forever. Tony Danza? No. Oh, I, to be that. I know. I don't to be that. He was Lestat in um in uh The Queen of the Damned. That's like his That's seriously voice. his two movies that I am aware of. Don't I don't even know this like actor's name. <gasps> yeah. The minute the minute it's gonna be you're gonna be like, oh. LXG. But anyway, he played. Stuart Townsend oh. and he played uh Dorian Gray in the in the movie and I really like the idea of Dorian Gray.
0: You know it is you know like the, And also those, his body
1: and uh, Stuart Townsend
0: <laughs> That idea of the um uh, same in know, that know, type
1: the... vagina! Basically,
0: but <laughs> <laughs> basically the laugh olympics of steampunk uh you know su- superhero like fictional characters fucking mm. I you know I still I the league of extraordinary was great but I Every, every, like once a year, I fucking watch Underworld and Underworld. <gasps> Underworld's 2. great, It's great, and I even like Underworld too. It gets a little weird after that, once but the I. Rise. Yeah, the rise of the Lycans. <sighs> yeah, is I pretty, skipped that one. Weird. Well, I mean,
1: and, I saw it, but I didn't like it.
0: And then there was the one where, um, Celine has the baby that she had with Michael, but he's not. Scott Speedman's not in the movie, but then they're just That's tracking. Tried to do. Oh, I don't remember. I didn't. I don't even think I saw that one. Well, I Under only World saw. Awakening. Yeah. Oh, I
1: saw the first one, the second one. I saw Rise of Lichens, and that's where I cut it off. And it was like the no. second.
0: The second one's really funny because it. I do like it. I do like it a lot. I do like the whole evolution I like thing. I liken it. I liken it too. <laughs> um, I like this whole Alexander Corvinus. I like that. that guy, I like all the steampunk shit. I I think I think it's great, but it's obvious that. They had story problems because there are so many points in that movie where they're just exp- they're, the exposition is just in the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Where they go to see basically the historian Tanis, and they're in his they're in, they're in they're in they're in his exile, and he's like, and, and then he goes. Um, And so he knew that the location, and therefore, er, he knew that the exact location of this thing would be in your blood. And this is the key. Like, everything is. (laughs) But it is when he says, and therefore, the exact location. (laughs) Oh, come on. Just in case you you had any doubt. Why don't you just fucking hold a spoon to the fucking camera when you're talking? (laughs) That still. I still enjoy it. I still enjoyed it a whole lot. And fucking Bill Nye, come on. Who doesn't love. Not Bill Nye, Bill Nye. Nye? I I think it's just both, it's a situation. No, it's Bill Nye, and then I think Bill Nye. Nye. Like it's, 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 it's if you're Australian and you say Bill Nye, that's to say Nye. Nye.
1: <laughs> I believe you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bill Nye is the most interesting way of talking. Like it's this I've never heard anyone with a cadence like Bill Nye. <laughs> Good impression. Oh, I loved you like a daughter, but I cannot protect you. Like, it's the strangest. <laughs> and then she's trying to explain, like, oh, but I had to bring you back because uh, Craven's up to all this crazy shit. And he's like, "Gah." Oh!
1: Oh! Wait, is that the <laughs> one with the baby? Because I did see that one.
0: No, the baby is number four. Okay. I think baby's number four. Rise of the Lichens is like the. the that's that was the,
1: the mom three, and, yeah, Celine's mom or whatever. a
0: one that they just shot to make a 3D one. Oh, mm. God. I don't Why? Know, it anyway, TV. we got off on a weird underworld tangent. Yeah. No, I'm real Yeah. So sorry. yes,
1: uh uh the order and I really want to play Alien
0: Isolation. Are are you I
1: didn't get to play it on the i want to so bad i just like pooped a little what just now just now like a little turtling just poked out <laughs> just out of excitement the, the, the concept of playing that morpheus is like
0: give you some give you um, like little turtle head slight turtling.
1: <laughs> just a, like literally just little nose part Beep.
0: and then and then back in and then
1: back in and it's like ah.
0: oh oh not yet not yet
1: oh morpheus not
0: yet I'm not ready, <laughs> but soon there will be a reckoning.
1: <laughs> so yeah, that one too.
0: This was fun. What else do you um? What, what what else do you want to see happen with Nerdist News, and what can I do to help manifest that? But obviously, besides the television part, which I'm working on.
1: Well, you know, I think right now. Um while we found our voice, uh, you know, it's, it's, we're still trying to grow the viewership. And so that's, I think, our biggest struggle is just trying to let people know that we're there, that we're fun, like you want to tune in to us. You know, it's always hard being the new kid on the block, um, oh,
0: which we, oh, oh. I know.
1: I actually, I forced you myself got the not right to stuff. do that. But we so do, we do have the right stuff, love get it. the way you say the news. And uh, so, Yeah. That's a pro- That's probably that's probably the, the, the challenge we're up against right now is just to get more eyeballs, which I think will come with time and also with some really good, um, well, consistent, awesome hosting by yours truly. But then also, like, you know, just uh, making some deals, getting some coverage. Yeah. I'd love to do some exclusives. I'd love to get a little bit more because I'm into it, so, you know, games coverage. But Mm -hmm. we've got Malik doing his stuff, so that'll come with time, I think. I thought the E3 coverage was definitely a step in the right direction to, like, really put ourselves out there as this is something we'll take seriously and continue to take seriously. Well, it's
0: kind of fun because, you know, at G4, you're basically... I mean, at G4, you're somewhat of a segment producer as the host because you still have to... You know, It's such a bare-bones operation, especially Mm -hmm. when you're doing remote stuff, that you really do, do... You do take a... You did help kind of shape the material, but... It must be fun to actually be, uh, like, you're legitimately a producer on this thing in terms of, like, it's your, your, you know, you are all carrying out this vision.
1: I mean, I feel like everybody's kind of the producer on it because everybody has really valid pros and cons to things that we do. And we all work together to really figure out what the best meshing of it would be. And it's, I've had a lot of fun working with everybody. It reminds me a lot of when I first started where you're super excited, you're super stoked, everything is awesome, everything is fun, everything is funnel, you know, but um, the the bonus to that that I didn't have when I started is that I come with experience now and all the people that we have on staff come with experience. So it's not like we're just wildly trying to find our way and see what sticks there's actually a battle plan that we can you know adhere to and if we need to change it we can without there being any major upsets and so there's really like very little ego which is great there's very little it's like all team building it's it's awesome well i think
0: you know with youtube it's the, the, the challenging part about youtube is that because it's essentially a crowdsourced platform so it doesn't you know, your, your core audience is there. Yeah. You've, found, you've, so, you've sort of found the hardcores and it will incrementally grow over time. Yeah. Because that's just that's the, the more you do it, the more consistency. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, um, YouTube, I think, is a platform of superlatives. And so it's like the best this or the craziest this because mm-hmm. ultimately the stuff that pops the most on YouTube is shared the most. And so, someone might watch Nerdist News and go, "This was great," but may not necessarily go, "I have to send this to everyone I know." Yeah. And if your core audience decided they needed to send it to everyone they knew, you would see. I think you know the order is of magnitude <laughs> in the it, but it's just about you know if if you like something on YouTube, it's helpful if you want it to continue to share that thing yes. with people because it just every time some it's not just liking something it's it's like it's a share. Yeah. Every time you share something with someone it just gives it a little bit of a boost, you know? And it, and then when that happens it goes up a little bit in the YouTube rating system so that it shows up more in the sidebar or it's you know. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 not just likes but it's really shares that are the kind of the most that's the lifeblood of of that's YouTube like that's what makes it work cuz people yeah. don't just in the old days, people would just go to YouTube.com and be like, what's in store for me today? But yeah. YouTube got rid of all that. So it's, you know, now you have these tailor-made homepages that tell you a bunch of shit you probably already like. So it, it doesn't, like the sharing mechanism, you know, like that's, that falls on the user. And so you can't, that's a very hard thing to control. Yeah.
1: Do like kindergarten and learn how to share. 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 Sharing is caring.
0: We did a lot of good sharing today.
1: We did. We really did. You guys know a lot about me now.
0: We do know a lot about you. A lot. About I didn't me. really say anything that personal. I don't. I
1: really. mean, is
0: there anything you want to know about me before? I'll, I'll, yeah. Okay. Um, anal.
1: Not as in, do you want to do it to me? But I'm asking, have you ever done it? The you asked that question, I thought you were like... <laughs> like, hey, proposition?
0: No, no, I thought you were asking me, like, um, uh, can I put something in your butt? I no, you no,
1: I, I also found that that sounded like that, so I decided to uh, shift that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> have I ever done anal? I don't think... You don't think...
1: We'll just leave it at that. Maybe, I think that that's maybe your best answer.
0: <laughs> well, I've never, I've never had anything up mine. I've never had anything up there. That's never happened. But I feel like maybe when I was like nineteen, my girlfriend at the time was like, "Let's try it," and then immediately it was like, "Abort, abort." Um, so I, I don't. Oh, like oopsies. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, I think it. Immediately was like, Oh yeah, this isn't um a thing that I'm ready to undertake. And so I just I've never really pursued it because I largely think that it's um I, I feel like if someone really is into that, they would say, Hey, please do this. Yeah. And not, hey, can I do this to you because <laughs> yeah. there's an eighty-five percent chance that you're not you're gonna, gonna no. want to do it and it's not pleasurable or enjoyable. And so I but I so I don't know.
1: All right, so serious question. Compared to your experiences at G4, do you find that do you find that like b- doing the Nerdist channel, you're coming across a lot of problems that maybe or or benefits that you didn't expect or knew even existed on the production side of things?
0: Um, the production side of things, I feel like we have down pretty well because we have a fucking amazing team. Our head mm-hmm. of production, Seth Leiterman, is amazing. We have a bunch of you know we have a bunch of great people like Mike Shaw and Andrew Bowser and a bunch of uh, a bunch of people and, and Jacob Strunk and it just like we have great editors we have great shooters we have great um, you know uh, we just have gr- a great content creators and I, I think one of the things that I'm you know really really proud of about the company is uh, I, I don't know how much it has to do with me but just there's something about the spirit of it that people it attracts really good people and yeah. it attracts really good people who seem to give a big shit about it like they really they seem to really care about this thing
1: Okay. Everybody at the office is very passionate. That
0: we're making and I mean and and that's what I love the spirit of that because that's the most important thing. I mean it really is the most important thing. If you know, I'm I'm sure it's a grind for people because it's just it just is. It's fucking work. Yeah. But 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 ultimately, the fact that people seem to care about it and hopefully have the creative freedom to kind of express themselves and I, and I I don't I do my best not to micromanage people. It's like, oh, if this is your vision, then do, do, do what, that's, you know better than I do. I know mm-hmm. what my, I would do, but that doesn't mean it's the right thing. Um, you know, it, it, it's just a great collection of really cool people. I mean, but, you know, challenges are the same challenges that G4 had, but just on a smaller scale, which is, it costs money to give away free content. Yeah. So how do sponsorships figure in? Well, sponsorships figure in. You know, when subscribers are higher and viewership is you know higher and shares are higher and engagement's higher. And so mm-hmm. then it's you're constantly in this race where you're just nosing a little bit ahead. And it's like, oh, the, you know, the sponsorships got bigger, so we can do bigger stuff. Or this happened, so we just moved a little bit forward. Yeah. And so it 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 really is the it really is that idea of you know not you don't you know you don't want to sell out just to have sponsors and money. I mean, I, you know, I I don't really, I really just don't think about it that way. Yeah. But you still want to be able to scale up so that you can reach the widest audience possible so that you can uh, continue to make the thing that you love. And that's really what it is. It's the everyday, you know, I'm sure at G4 it was, I'm sure they did love it, but there was this sort of like, it is our duty because we are hired to do this, to keep this channel on the air mm-hmm. for me it's it, it's a slightly different philosophical approach, which is how long and how much can I continue to facilitate the making of things that I enjoy or the things that people enjoy making and unfortunately, you know uh, the, the money is a drives that engine in a lot of ways yeah. because. That's how you get to make the stuff you like, and that's how you get it out to more people.
1: It's a vicious circle.
0: So I think that you know the I think the trick is to not try to scale up too fast, so that you're not that you're not um, trapped by the financial aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's you know that's hopefully I mean I think everything we do has been an organic outgrowth of everything else. The website begat many contributors that begat podcast, which begat a podcast network, which begat a video channel, which begat many shows, which begat Nerdist News, and now a television production entity. And it, was, it wasn't just like, let's do all this at once. Yeah. It was like, oh, we're doing this. Why couldn't we do this? Oh, we're able to do that.
1: Was that always your master plan, or did this come kind of come as a surprise and you just saw the opportunity and then jumped on board?
0: I think it was, well, I think it was, I think it was both. In the beginning, it really was, I'm going to start a blog about things that I care about because performer blogs are dumb and they just say like, here's where I'm performing yeah, and then your bio. And I was sort of, I had just sort of started, uh, who's podcasting whom now? Uh, (laughs) I had just kind of had had this idea in 2007 that I was only going to work on stuff that I cared about Uh because I have this much experience and I have I'm, you know, I have comedy experience and hosting experience and but I was never really pursuing the type of content that I that I wanted. So I said, I'm only going to, you know, I'm only going to do the kind of co- this content that I want. And a way to do that is I'm going to start a blog and it's going to be about me in the sense that it's about all these things that I like. There just so happens to be this parallel, in my mind, like this parallel pop culture movement that was growing at the time. And so... It wasn't that I was like, oh, well, you know, all this nerd shit's popular now. It's just that I realized, like, all these things that I would not have been able to do five years ago because it would have been considered too niche. Yeah. Now I think I can actually do it and reach enough people that might give a fuck about it. And so that's, that's really all it was. And at the time, I always, I always envisioned that someday there's going to be, like, you know, a specific tech nerdist and a specific game nerdist and a specific this that I always wanted to be bigger than me. Yeah. Um, and so, or bigger than I, if I'm being grammatically. Um,
1: I'm never sure how that works.
0: I believe it's bigger than I. Because I think ultimately you're saying it's bigger than I would be big.
1: Okay. Um,
0: so, uh, but I'm sure if that's not true, uh, maybe but then someone if you on the say, internet will correct me.
1: Jessica, would you say Jessica and I are going to the store or Jessica and me are going to You would
0: to say the store? I, because if you lose Jessica, you would just say I am going to the store. I am store. going to the store. You wouldn't say me i am going to the store unless you're a Bigfoot. Um, (laughs) but, um, uh, yeah. And so I always wanted it to, but then just as with anything, what I realized is like, you know, once you start down a path and once you make a decision and once you have some focus and direction that, um, the most important thing about starting it and being consistent is that along the way answers just start revealing themselves to Mm -hmm. you. And so it's like when I put the call out for more contributors, like 500 people submitted, and I had to hire someone to help go through the submissions oh, pick nice. like and then I you know I ha- I had a my friend Perry Simon who I used to work with in at in radio like he's a brilliant he's just brilliant so I was like can I pay you to edit he said sure and I started the podcast and I'm like well I'll just link that you know I'll just keep everything the same name it's the same voice it's the same general idea and it just all started you know it's like water level when it, when one kind of rose they all sort of you know, because they were all connected mm-hmm. but having G4 as a television platform, was very helpful because they weren't really paying me that much there. And they ha- so I had a lot of freedom. And so part of the deal was, just let me promote my thing. Yeah. And they did. And that helped. Yeah. So, you know, it really was just trying to see, like... Stepping back every once in a while and go, how do these things connect? This connects to TV this way. This is the podcast. If we do more of this, this can connect back to the website. Let's pitch this thing. This could be that. Yeah. It's like
1: playing a game. It's exactly playing a game. Yeah. You're playing a game. You're playing the game of life.
0: I'm playing SimCity.
1: Yeah, you are.
0: SimCity was one of my favorite games. I played it on Will Wheaton's fucking PowerBook in 1990. Two maybe or three, like just this black and white version of Sim City mm-hmm. on his on his PowerBook, and it was always one of my favorite games. And so that is you know so the soul of Nerdist is game is a game. It's a, it's it's based on an, on a reexpression of a game that I loved when I was growing up.
1: Yeah. I think anybody that's fortunate enough to do to work with what they love. Is playing that game. That's why they're into it. Is that they start moving the pieces and all this. They try to find which piece fits best in which slot. It's resource
0: building. Yeah, it's resource. You break ground. You put in the pipes. You put in the electricity. You put in a house. You put in a train station. You put in an industrial zone.
1: And it just grows. And it
0: just starts growing. And then you build another town. You connect those by a fucking highway. And then you put in the airport and the space needle. You know, (laughs) like
1: it's fucking great. Yep, totally agree.
0: So that's that's ultimately. I I ended this podcast by talking a lot about myself, but. but but it just to answer your question that i i i had a vision to make it bigger i obviously didn't see the specific ways but all of the things i mean i would make plans and i would write down this is what i want and this is what i want to see there's something really interesting and powerful about, and and it's not i'm not mystical about this but there's something about when you write things down when you write your goals down and you write down how you see them in detail playing out and why they're important to you and you give them sort of an emotional reason why they're important to you Mm -hmm. something weird happens like I, I I found old notes from like five six years ago that I had forgotten about just lists of things. I'm like, oh, I'm doing that. I did that. I did that. That happened. This happened and more. Like, it's fucking crazy.
1: Yeah, I don't do the lists. I should do the lists because I would be much more organized. I don't do the lists, but I do I, – it has occurred to me now that enough time has passed in my life that I'm able to, like, look back and really see some significant changes and like, where the crosses had occurred. That I'm like, oh, that thing that I, that I dreamt about wanting to do growing up at this particular point – has happened. It came yeah. true, and then when I w- hit that point, and I dreamt another dream of doing a step above that. Oh, that's happened, and then you know, and I'm just—it's weird. You can just literally follow the path.
0: Yeah, yeah. You and you know, again, goals. I think are just a—they're um, just a. There's they're like a flag. It's like a—it's a—it's a roadmap. It's not well it's roadmaps. And I it doesn't have to be exactly that goal. Yeah. But it just gives you something to aim for and you can be, you know, you can be flexible. You can change your mind. You can take a right turn if you want to. You mm-hmm. can abandon it if it's like you start doing it, you go, oh, this, uh, this is not fun. But but ultimately, like having some type of guidance system or structure in place is is, is very, very helpful because it just sort of, you know, it just sort of keeps you on track and it helps – when I decided that I only wanted to work in this in this sphere of stuff that I loved, mm-hmm. um, it 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 instantly cut off a lot of other stuff that I otherwise would have wasted my time on just trying to survive. Gotcha. So it was easy to say no to certain things. Yeah. You know, I could have hosted a million like home and garden shows. Like I yeah. used to get offers to host, and I used to go no because it's not about the thing that I love, and ultimately. You know, I got to live with it. a ballsy move. Well, it was, but then it's not at the same time. I think it's, I almost think it's riskier to do it the other way hmm. because it, because when you have focus and direction, you're going to find, like you, you'll find those opportunities. But when you're just directionless, then you're just trying to pull from anything in the world, which is just too much. Like yeah. you need, you need focus. You just, you need focus. And it gave me, it gave me very specific focus and, you know and and I and I wanted it to be about shit I cared about because you have to live with it every day, and Absolutely. it's you can't you you can fake it for like a year, maybe you could fake it for six months or a year, but after a while, if you fucking hate... if you don't like it nobody'll your...
1: pay you enough to make you happy
0: no and because even if you don't Although sabotage I'm not against it... trying <laughs> I'm totally
1: not I just want to throw that one out there, but yeah, yeah. If...
0: even if you don't totally sabotage it, you'll just get bored with it, and you'll your attention will get pulled somewhere else because that's just what you do, but yeah. when you really love your when you really love what you're doing, you work seven days a week because you just want to manifest, You just want to make it happen.
1: See, I feel like I'm at the crossroads now where I could probably have a good, maybe another five years hosting. Maybe, 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 just because I'm getting older, you know, and women's shelf life's a lot shorter, especially in this particular industry. Um, and so I don't. That sucks. I I'm I'm not. I'm not looking at it as in a defeatist manner. I'm trying to look at it as a, real, a realistic possibility of that happening. But if it doesn't, I'm thrilled. You know, I'm kind of the person where I, I, I make myself aware of the thing that could potentially not go the way that I want. So that if it doesn't go the way that I want, I'm not disappointed. I expected that. But if it goes the way that I want, because I'll keep on working towards succeeding. Sure. Then I'm extra extra happy because sure. I did it. So it's this—it's it, a this way of protecting myself protecting from your like, emotions, disappointment. But um, but realistically, in five years, you know, I mean, hey, if I can host awesome, that's great, and I'll keep doing it. But probably not. So what am I gonna do? And that—that's where I'm finding myself now. Is where do I want to go? Because I don't ever want to leave the gaming industry. Or the, for lack of a better phrase, the quote unquote nerd industry or geek industry. I don't. I, I love this stuff. It's just where in that do I want to find my part two of my career? Right. So
0: well, I think a lot of that, you know, I I think male or female, it's important to. And one of the things why nerds is very important to me. It was just creating something yeah. that will live on, hopefully, beyond when I can be of service to it. Yeah. It it really is instead of being a hired gun where you have not a lot of control whether someone's going to, why they're going to pick you or yeah. what, when, what job's going to come along. It's, it's the idea of like being the creator yourself. So you just have more control over, over what you're doing and you just have, you know, more yeah. control over your destiny. So I, you know, for me, that's, that was, that was kind of the thing. Cause I didn't know if I was ever going to get hired again to host anything or, you know, yeah. do anything. So,
1: yeah, it's weird. Everybody always asks me, like, why don't you become an actress? And one, I can't act. But if I could, the answer to do that with two is I don't. I don't like that feeling of walking into a room to audition and having some stranger make a decision on me and my skill set or my personality in like two seconds, or even something as shallow as, oh, we just don't like the way she looks. Like I, I could not have, I could not do that
0: in a million years. It would drive me nuts. It's no fun. I remember those days. Yeah, even hosting
1: you get that a little bit. I don't think as much maybe as acting, but
0: yeah, I know. But when you walk into a room for hosting, you're pretty. You have a pretty strong. I'm sure you have a pretty strong sense of like this is what I do.
1: Yeah, for me, you know what I'm here for. Yeah, exactly. For me,
0: it got to a point where I was like, this is what I do. I'm going to do this audition the way that I would do the job. I'm not going to do it the way I think you want it. That might be what you want. I don't know. But if I'm going to do it the way I want to do it, because if you don't want that, then I'm not your guy. Yeah, you know. So.
1: I actually think the better for anybody starting off in hosting or acting, if that's, the, if that's the mentality you walk in with, you're the better for it. I think it's going to save you a lot of mental anguish.
0: I agree. I agree. Because if you do get the job in your best case scenario, but then you don't get to be yourself, mm-hmm. then, you know, I mean, again, you could people, fake it for a while, yeah, but then after know. a few years... I know this sounds crazy, but the money doesn't matter if you're not happy. It just doesn't matter if you're not happy doing what you're doing. Yeah, I agree. Well, um, it was wonderful talking to you. Nice talking to you Great guys. job on Nurse News. Thanks. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll just keep we'll keep at it and keep driving people to it. And hopefully if a, uh, if an intelligent, uh, television platform out there feels like they want to, in my opinion, not even really take a risk on some of the biggest things that people pay attention to mm-hmm. like video games and, uh, sp- this specific sector of entertainment, uh, and comics and science and all those things. Um, then, um, then don't be a pussy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: then hit us up. Um, <laughs> Do you you ever want to be on my podcast? Of course I'll be on your podcast. Do you have scary stories?
0: I have scary stories. Your scary stories podcast. My
1: scary stories podcast.
0: Which is starting Mm -hmm. soon where people come on and tell ghost stories.
1: Yeah, basically. Or or scary stories. Well, personal, personal weird effed up crazy stories yeah. it could be UFOs it could be conspiracy theories it could be paranoia it yeah, could be my... ghosts it could be hauntings it could be whatever you want it to be as long as it's weird
0: my friends and I used to sit in a just sit in this bar when, when I used to um, when alcohol was my blood and um, we would uh, we would tell the fucking kinds of ghost stories where just this like table full of dudes would you just start tearing up literally? You're like oh fuck no shit That's no perfect. no like I, I've got some I've got some stories like that perfect right, I'm gonna good. be hitting you up righty. Um scary stories Nurse News
1: Nurse News it's uh it's actually called Spooky Shit
0: Oh, spooky shit. Not yeah. scary stories. Not, well, they are yeah, scary they stories. They
1: are scary stories. But spooky shit. But it's called spooky shit.
0: And uh, nurse News and Jessica underscore Chobot on Twitter. No, that's been changed. When? Ye-
1: yesterday.
0: Well, this is news. I got my
1: full name back. So you're just Squatter Jessica Chobot. be damned. I am now just at Jessica Chobot.
0: Congratulations. Thank
1: you. I'm very proud of myself. It only took seven years. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, I I, I often would call um, <laughs> Chloe Clobot. she would be like, it's, that's really close to Chobot. I go, I know, but... It's... But
1: it's but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't help I'll, it. Let me make sure that this is not my kid. So, yeah. Oh, it's my husband. All right. Oh, put him on speakerphone. I was going to say, let me put him on speakerphone. Hey, Babe? Hey. Hey, you're on speakerphone with Chris.
0: And you're being recorded for a podcast. Oh,
1: God. My phone a What's wrong with him? Hi. Wait a minute. ironically enough, we didn't talk about your penis today.
0: Oh, yeah, hold the mic oh, up. Oh, sorry,
1: i got to hold it up. Sorry.
0: Can I, can I ask him about the thing that you said about when you guys met and he kept saying to you and you yeah, didn't believe absolutely. him? Yeah, absolutely, go ahead. Hey, Blair, is it true um, that when you first met Chobot and she didn't really want to have anything to do with you in a romantic way, that you would every once in a while go, you know I'm going to fuck you, right? Yeah, I can confirm this didn't even paraphrase that. That's verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> what gave you such confidence, Blair? Uh, I think at that point, it was just desperation, <laughs> knowing that I would never do any better. So I just continued to throw myself at her until she finally said yes. Good. You just earned some points, my yes, friend. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, I don't want to interrupt the podcast, guys. Just, I was just wondering when I could start barbecuing. barbecue because I'm starving.
1: Oh, go ahead, babe. I'll be there soon. We're just wrapping up.
0: Yeah, we're all gonna Bring come over. Up.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm we're gonna go
0: eat right barbecue. Over. Bring it over the whole podcast audience. Oh, you guys, want to come? Hey, <laughs> yeah, uh, Blair, I got why don't you why don't you why don't you tell people to enjoy their burrito at the end of the podcast? Hey guys, do me a favor and please enjoy your burrito. Blair Harder, Jessica Chobot, Power Couple. Bye, awesome babe. People. Bye, sweetie. I'll
1: be home. Hey, Blair. Blair, I'm totally going to fuck you.
0: I love you too, Chris, in a different way, but I still love you. Well, I'm totally going to fuck you. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.
1: (laughs) Totally going to fuck him. I'm cool with that. We actually have a deal.
0: (laughs) Oh. Not with you specifically. (laughs) Not with you
1: specifically, but he's always been like, I don't, you know, I just, I don't want to be in a three way, but if you could just get with a girl so I can watch it, I'd be really cool. And I'm like, listen, here's the deal. If you want me to get with a girl, I'm cool with that, but then. You gotta let a dude suck your dick, <laughs> and I get to watch. And I get to watch. If this is the if this is the give okay, and take, wait, wait. that's so what let me it ask is. ask you,
0: what what? So t- you
1: would be you would be sucking some cock.
0: Oh, what do I get out of that?
1: Blair Herder's your Blair mouth, yeah. <laughs>
0: Is that what he meant by making And possibly garbage?
1: those itchy balls that he's been talking about.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, so would would would, would the payment have to come first? Would would do you just suck does the dick and get out of the way? No. No, But does he just suck the dick and get it out of the way so then he can enjoy your thing? Or is like does he make you do your thing first and then you're like, all right, and then he tries, oh. just, like keeps putting it off like jury duty? Oh, can I put it off like know. jury duty until like Thanksgiving week or something?
1: I don't know, you know, we actually've never thought of that, but that is definitely something to work out.
0: Okay. Well, you guys work it out. We'll talk about it. Work it out. Um, And uh, good to see you. Good to see you, too. Uh, The end. (laughs) I'm not going to suck for her
1: dick. (laughs) Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito.
0: For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history.